Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spleichel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spleichel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spleichel. We are happy to welcome this week's guest to discuss today's topic, which is, should email still be a primary focus growing your e-commerce business. This week's guest is the founder of GK, a boutique e-commerce agency that specializes in email marketing for brands like Hilo Health and Viceroy Group. In addition, he is a verified e-commerce email marketing mentor and growthmentor.com and the host of Greece number one digital marketing podcast. A big welcome to George Caponeros. Hi, George. Hello there, Andy. Thank you so much for having me. We're excited to have you. Now, I emphasize the word still in the show title because going back at least the last 20 years, email was the major marketing channel. You would pay for a customer, whether through Google ads or, or Facebook ads, but then you could retarget to them much cheaper than initially driving that initial sale. But how do you think email marketing ranks among different marketing channels in terms of importance for most companies here in 2022? It's a really interesting question because I think email is not really like most other channels. It's almost like a support channel, if you will. It can't exist without acquisition channels. So in that sense, um, it's uh, not a growth level by itself for an e-commerce company specifically. But what it can do is that it can make the results of other channels work significantly better the problem is that the way most people understand uh, email marketing is almost like um, a set and forget sort of approach so they will mm -hmm. build their automation they will do like their cart abandonments like checkout abandonments in reality it's not actually cart it's checkout abandonment and then they will more or less forget the channel whereas in reality the real value begins after uh, those uh, baseline automations are set up. So in, in my perspective, to answer your question, yes, of course, it should be uh, a focus uh, of e-commerce companies. Um, and it will continue to be a focus for e-commerce companies, I think, for many, many years uh, ahead into the future. Um, it's just a channel that coexists with other channels. So, so what people say, the way they say that will grow your company like by 20%, 30% through email marketing, that's not quite accurate in my book. So what are some of the ways that email marketing can be successfully utilized? In other words, what type of emails do companies get the biggest bang for their buck when sending emails? The way, the way you put the biggest bang for the buck, well, that would have to be for sure uh, behavioral-based automations people tell me that i'm excessive um, when i say that but like in my opinion whatever can be automated should 
um, be automated. At least that should be the goal. Mm -hmm. um, and what I mean by that is that the way a user interacts with uh, an online store follows a certain pattern. Like they visit the website, they haven't really subscribed yet. Then they subscribe, but they haven't really purchased yet. Then they purchased, but they haven't really um, taken value out of the product yet. And then potentially they may repurchase. So all those different stages are things that can be uh, potentially automated. And if automated, they will produce the biggest bang for their bank. Um, so the priority for sure is automation. It's just that the automation has to be a lot more holistic and broad than what most people think. But if I were to take one more step back before automation, what actually has the biggest impact of all is lead generation, how you convert subscribers, sure. visitors rather to subscribers. Because if you don't do that effectively, like nothing else really matters, does it? Right. So yeah, no, you need be... to grow the list. Now, what, yes. what about promotional emails? I mean, the automation are great for, you know, if they do a behavior, they get this, you know, I mean, the most common one, of course, is, you know, finish your checkout and you get a abandonment email. But what about promotional emails? Are those, do you find those very successful and how often should people be sending them? So um, those definitely do work. Like in my experience, usually the split in terms of uh, revenue numbers is like 50-50 between mm -hmm. automations and campaigns if both work well. Um, but those two can be automated in a way. Um, like if you have, for example, promotions that are evergreen, that too can be automated as part of the customer journey. Now, in terms of how many you should be sending, I have a bit of a contrarian opinion on this. It's not in my best interest to say that, but I believe people should start slow. They should not be sending a lot of emails. They should be starting with, say, one email a week, then ramp up the frequency slowly um, so that, A, they can evaluate uh, whether it's something they can actually commit to. Because, like, imagine that you set a goal of sending, like, four emails a week. You can't really do that, and the content is not really good, and, like, th there's no point to that, right? So the first thing is to start slow and ramp up. Um, you should be monitoring how the audience reacts as you send emails and then progressively ramp up uh, to two emails or three emails, uh, um, four emails potentially a week. But I think people should start slow. Um, there's a lot that is put into an email. Um, there's like the concept, like what are we actually sending? There's the copy, there's the design, there's a segmentation. There's a lot of thought into that. And if you try to do too much all at once, it's very likely that you will um, be overwhelmed. You know, speaking of, of those, it kind of makes me think, what, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people make when utilizing email marketing? Mm -hmm. Well, besides the, I mentioned that at the beginning, besides the flawed set and forget sort of logic that goes into the channel, um, another common mistake I see is that brands don't really take the time to segment uh, the audience. Um, or at least segmented in a logical way. What I often see is that there are like many segments that are like they don't follow a pattern. They're almost random in a way. 
Whereas if you think about it, even though there are possibly thousands of ways to segment, at least mm -hmm. fundamentally what you want is to segment people based on two things, what they do and why they do it. How uh, to do that is, um, I, I can like give a brief explanation and we can elaborate if you want, but like what people do, you can really easily find by doing something that's called RFM segmentation, which stands for recency, frequency, and monetary value. Recency is when did they last do something, such as when did they last purchase? When did they last subscribe? How many times have they done it? How many times have they purchased? How many times have they clicked on an email? And then how much value does this add for the company, like in dollar numbers? Why they do things? This goes into customer research. Uh, ultimately, what you want to do um, is to label its subscriber with a goal and then adjust the messaging, the campaigns, uh, the automations. You can personalize the content within the automation based on that goal. So you can then effectively nudge them towards achieving that goal. Um, so yeah, the, the, the biggest mistake I see is like not segmenting enough and not doing so in a structured way that is uh, scalable. Who are you using for your clients for the ESP, the email service provider? I personally use Klaviyo. Um, Klaviyo, are, I've heard Klaviyo a whole lot lately. Yes, yes, it's it's actually like I would say the most popular one in e-commerce um, at the moment. It's a really good tool, and the reason why it's a really good tool is actually twofold. One, it has a lot of functionality. You can do a lot of things. Uh, that you can't do with, say, Mailchimp, for example. It has, for example, um, data, machine learning uh, features um, that can really optimize what you do. And the second point is that it's, despite all that functionality, it's actually easy to use, meaning that like you can really onboard yourself there well, and it also integrates very, very well with most e-commerce platforms. So it's it, it, it's great in terms of functionality and it's great in terms of functionality out of the box in a way now one of the drawbacks that i hear a lot from business owners is not wanting to have to sell all the time to their customer base and when you're talking you know start with one email then try to ramp up to multiple emails even per week that's that's selling a whole lot to your customer base i would think how how would you advise somebody with with this mindset First of all, I, I hear that all the time too. <laughs> it's actually something that people do really uh, feel and they, they say that a lot. I would tell those people and I do tell those people that that's good. Then don't do uh, sales emails all the time. You don't have to do uh, sales emails all the time. The real problem from my perspective is not that People can't send emails that are not promotional. The real problem is that they don't have content to send. Uh, so what they should do is take a few steps back, right? Okay, so you don't want to send emails constantly. So what should you send? You should send content that helps subscribers achieve their goals. Now the problem is you don't really know what the goal is, right? This is why you should do research. And then, as I said, label subscribers accordingly, profile them so that you can then know what content will actually help them. 
Yeah. Now, I mean, it makes sense. So you're really creating different avatars for, for different segments. Mm -hmm. And that was going to be my next question is how do you get ideas for this content? I'll tell you a really simple way. And I really don't see a lot of people doing that, but it's mind bogglingly simple. It's super, super simple. Like, well, how about you have an email? on your welcome automation that onboards new subscribers, but asks them. Like you can literally ask them, create a simple plain text email, add it to your onboarding flow and tell them, what is your number one question about X, Y, Z topic? So if you are selling running shoes, then what is your number one question about running? Every single answer you get is an opportunity, first of all, to reply to that specific customer and, and build goodwill. And then secondly, create a content piece around that, whether that's something you use in a campaign or like a blog post, that you, you can literally get endless um, content ideas that way. Eventually, you will um, find uh, that people ask recurring questions. So you can create a page on your website that has all those questions so that you can drive people there and find the answers. Um, if, if that happens and you need more ideas, uh, still it's uh, a second way to approach that would be to find communities of people that are interested in the topic, um, that your products cover. Again, if you're selling running shoes, I'm referring to communities about running. That would be Reddit, that would be forums, that would be like all sorts of, um, places where people gather and like talk about things in a passionate way. And then you can see what gets the most engagement. What do people like? What do they respond with? All those are potential ideas that you can harvest and create content for. Hey, what's up? Andy here. I have a quick question for you out there listening. How do you rate your Google Shopping results? If you are an e-commerce business driving traffic to your own website, Google Shopping remains the absolute number one way to drive profitable traffic. Unfortunately, I see a lot of mistakes with the fundamentals of Google Shopping. Whether a business uses a free Shopify app along with some Google automation, or perhaps turning over your Google Shopping to an agency but with limited oversight, or even trying to manage everything in-house without proper knowledge, I've seen about all the mistakes you can make. And that's why I've released Understand, Conquer, and Profit with Google Shopping Mini Course. And best of all, it's absolutely free. As a business owner, you don't necessarily have to manage Google Shopping yourself, but you do need to understand how it works. This video course will help you do just that. And best of all, it's free. To register, go to makeeachclickcountuniversity.com forward slash conquer and profit to sign up and start growing your business using Google Shopping or visit makeeachclickcountuniversity.com classes to see all the courses we currently offer. All right, back to the show. Do you believe in mapping out? Well, I'm sure you do map out the emails, but how, how far in advance are you mapping out emails? What do you recommend? I unfortunately have learned that very few plans survive a brass with reality. So it's, of, of course, it, it's good to plan ahead, but I would not plan ahead, say a year. I think three months is good. And if the company has like really tight processes and can afford to do so, 
um, that that can be extended. But I think like for most brands that are kind of like figuring things out as they go, I would say three months is, is ideal. The way to do so, by the way, uh, because some people may find this helpful, is to first start with the dates that are uh, immovables, say holidays or mm -hmm. events that you absolutely need to cover on your calendar. Then you should think in terms of merchandising and seasonality. What products should I push given the timing of the year and the stock I have? And lastly, what interesting content can I send and who would be excited to receive it? And that again goes back into segmentation. What is a piece of actionable advice you would give to someone thinking of starting to send more emails to their customer base? Uh, as I said, my, my feeling is that people should start slow. So the best piece of advice I can give is that you should have a clear reason why you're sending the emails. If you don't really have one, like don't send these emails. Uh, in general, don't overextend yourself, just do it, do it slow uh, and intentionally. But because I want to give like one more um, tip, I would also add the following. We don't think about subject lines that way so often, but if you think about it, an open rate, an, an open rather is, is a conversion, right? So the subject line mm -hmm. converts someone that's why they open the email which means that what you have on the subject line could potentially be a call to action within the email itself so if you want to increase uh, click-through rates try to match what the subject line says with one of the call to actions within the email if people convert to that piece of uh, content the first time it's very likely they will convert the second time as well hmm. That's that's a I you know I've never heard that tip before. That's great. Now let me ask if somebody's out there and just doesn't have the internal resources to run uh, a proper email marketing campaign and and they're looking to hire an agency, what do they need to be aware of? Mm -hmm. um, in terms of how they select an agency, you mean? How yeah, how they would select an agency. Honestly, I think that the first thing you should look is who they've worked with. Um, I don't mean to sound like elitist or, or anything like that, but like our company, for example, like we are working with Kilo Health. It's literally the second fastest growing company in Europe. Um, and we have many, many testimonials, raving testimonials by people within that company. This means that we've been on Clavio accounts with millions and millions of subscribers. And like not just that, but we've actually produced results uh, for, for, for that type of company. And it's that, that's provable that people are endorsing us. So there's a high chance, uh, basically, that we know what we're doing, right? Like, whereas an agency that like, may have the right sales process, they talk the talk, but when you do a little bit of digging, they haven't really, you know, they don't have a lot of proof elements of what they've done or like who they've done it for, then it starts to get a little bit tricky. So I, I would say that the number one thing is that, who they've worked with. And the second thing, it 
may sound a little bit counterintuitive in a way, but I think it's important. You want to work um, with people that understand e-commerce beyond just email marketing. Um, because as I said at the beginning, email is a channel that's not really independent. You need to be able to communicate with the guys that are on the ads so that you can synchronize the, the campaigns they do with the campaigns you do, the messaging they do with the messaging you do. So you need someone that gets the whole picture, uh, in my perspective. This, this has a lot of depth into it. Like you also, they should also ideally have an understanding of how to do user research, CRO, a bunch of other things that go beyond just like email marketing. I think that's kind of the, you know, the, the most important, uh, I think that's what makes an email marketing agency great, basically. Everybody can go into an ESP like Clevio and set up a template cart abandonment. Mm -hmm. Like few people know how to use um, the signals that the audience gives to optimize the content continually. That, that goes into CRO. Now, if you had a, a crystal ball that could tell the future, where do you see email marketing heading in the next 12 to 18 months? I've literally no idea, but <laughs> if I were to make a simple, like a, a simple prediction, is I think that collecting zero party data, meaning data that users give themselves willingly to you, is going to be increasingly more important moving forward. I mentioned that when I mentioned the goals of subscribers, um, I think that's going to be like increasingly more important when it comes to, to email marketing. People that run successful email marketing programs, I think they will be able to work with zero-party data. Do you ever recommend a client buy an email list, rent an email list, or are they sending directly to their list of, of customers and, and inquiries on their own website? I would not recommend that. Um, I believe it's not even legal in some areas. Like, no, I, I would, I would not recommend that. No. Now, personally, have there been any business books out there that you can attribute to your journey as an entrepreneur? Yes. Um, um, yes, many actually, uh, I, I'll tell you about the book I read, uh, fairly recently, which I actually think has a lot of value to it. It has a funny name. It's called The Road Less uh, Stupid. I, I don't quite recall who wrote it, but like the, the premise of the book basically is that we can avoid a lot of problems if we just pause and think, like really, really think about the situation we have in front of us. And basically, the book walks you through this thinking process, how to wear different hats as an entrepreneur, like um, as a manager, like different roles. Um, and it gives you questions that are worth thinking about in terms of those roles. And I've personally tried to do that in a systematic way, like spend one hour a week really thinking about an important question. And I've, I find that the value of, of that hour is like, it's incredible. Like you, we really don't really do that. We don't really spend a lot of time deeply thinking about things. And when we actually do do that, you, you come up with, with really good ideas, I find. Now let's switch gears for a minute and talk about your business and, and your podcast. 
what verticals are you specialized working with and why, why should somebody check out your podcast? So the podcast is, is a bit of a passion project, really. I do it in Greek. So unfortunately, not many uh, of our listeners will be able to check it out. In the podcast, uh, me and my co-host, uh, Nodas, we interview agency owners and, and brand owners and discuss the relationship between the two uh, parties. It's like a, mostly a bunch of horror stories, like mistakes to avoid and so forth. But, but it makes for a fun listening experience, so, so people like it. In terms of uh, what uh, verticals uh, we specialize in, um, we focus on health and wellness uh, and exclusively e-commerce. Oh, so you're exclusively e-commerce? Yes. That's great. So who is who is the perfect client for working directly with you? I know you had mentioned um, some large European clients. You work with yes. Amer American companies as well? Yes. Yes. So we, we do have a few companies in the U.S. as well. So I would say that, like, the, let's say the perfect uh, fit for us would be um, on Shopify. Using or willing to use Clavio, uh, we would be able to migrate them on Clavio ourselves. They should be doing, I think, uh, a minimum of uh, seven figures uh, in revenue, ideally eight uh, or, or even more potentially. And they should be in the health and wellness space, ideally. Why health and wellness? Because health and wellness products usually are not like self-explanatory. You don't shop supplements the way you shop T-shirts. A T-shirt check it out, you like the design, you purchase it. Like the content is not so important. It's the mm -hmm. product that drives the sale. Whereas with health and wellness products, it's the content, specifically good copy. Um, to sell supplements, uh, effectively you need good copy. And since um, direct response slash conversion copywriting is one of the biggest things of our agency, and we've got a ton of experience in, in the health and wellness space, it's like a natural fit for us. And do you offer any services beyond email marketing or is that really, really your um, sole focus? It is almost our sole focus. I sometimes do consulting um, pro uh, projects as well, where I, like, it's usually about uh, things related to messaging. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's email marketing. And if somebody is happy with their ESP and don't want to switch, to, they don't want to make the switch to Clavio, is that a deal breaker for you? It's it's not a deal breaker for us by any means. Um, well, it, it, it may be a deal breaker for us depending on, on the available resources we have. But like if we have um, the resources to take them, we, we, we may take them. The, the way, the reason why we stick to Clavio specifically, it's a matter of resources, right? Like it's easier um, to execute on one platform because you can really master that platform. It allows you to do more advanced things more efficiently. So if there's a gap and we have a lot of availability, we're open to like working in other ESPs as well. Active campaign is another one um, that we like. But if we are booked, which we usually are, like, then it's probably going to be a deal breaker, yes. And how can an interested listener learn more about working with you? Well, uh, they can check out um, the website, 
which is, I, I know it's very, very original. It's my name. <laughs> it's georgecapernaros.com, K-A-P-E-R-N-A-R-O-S, georgecapernaros.com. I describe everything there, how the service looks like, how it works, everything is there. Besides that, I am quite active on LinkedIn, so you can find me by my name and you can ping me there. I'm always happy to chat. Well, this has been great. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up today, George? Uh, no, no, Andy, it, it was really nice talking to you and thank you so much for having me. I hope you and the listeners uh, found some value in this. Well, great. Well, thank you once again for joining us today, George. For listeners, remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us an honest review. And if you're looking for more information regarding George or his agency, GK, you'll find the link in the show notes below. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our all-new podcast resource center available at www.makeeachclickcount.com. We have compiled all the different past guests by show topic and have included each of their contact information in case you would like more information on any of the services I have discussed during previous episodes. Well, that's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing. And I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing. 